Welcome to the Next Gen Business Podcast. Hi, I'm Linda Rockwell-Jenner. Hi, I'm Dennis Lewis. Let's go. The Next Gen Business Podcast is produced by the Small Business Community Network. Visit them online at www.sbcncanada.org. Hi, Linda. How are you? Oh, Dennis, thank you so much for asking. I am really excited about the topic you've chosen tonight because um, obviously the topic's uh, centred about mentorship and I am a mentor to many people, but um, I believe you have a mentor of your own. Yes, I do. Um, I have a voiceover mentor to help me um, as I develop my voiceover uh, freelance business. Um, it is quite different from my copywriting business, so I really do feel I needed the guidance and the help and the wisdom of someone, someone who's well-established in this field, who's been there and done that, and who can let me uh, become aware of the possible pitfalls uh, in the voiceover business. And I found that. Um, so how did you choose your mentor? Because obviously... Um... For instance, I mentor um, SBCN members and I mentor my own clients from my other business. So how do you find a mentor, in your case, uh, for voiceover in particular? Um, I've been a Well, it was a fairly long process, actually. Um, I've been a member of um, the world of voiceover um, for about um, a, two years now. And um, I was aware of uh, my particular mentor over the years, even before I became a member. I, I had actually interacted with him um, in terms of his business as, as a voiceover. I'd seen the work that he had done for other businesses. And I knew that he was based in Toronto. I knew that he was very well established. But it wasn't until I felt... Um, I was ready or prepared to get the most from a relationship with him, a business relationship with him, that I um, made my approach. Um, I also looked at other potential voiceover mentors, but I think because of the nature of his business, because of his particular personality, I felt that he was the right fit for me. And, and that's an important uh, uh, aspect of choosing um, a mentor, finding someone who matches your kind of business goals and also who matches the kind of personality that you have, who can um, actually communicate effectively with you. I, I totally agree. Um, in the past, I have fired, uh, not fired, I should say, <laughs> said very nicely, this is not going to work. For instance, a mentor is not there to do the work for you or be your PR or your marketing. You know, the role of a mentor is very, you know, specific. And obviously we both have um, lots of experience in different areas. So my experience really is with, you know, building a business, um, branding, you know, marketing, stuff like that. And so what somebody did ask me a few years ago, well, you, could you be my PR person as well? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm afraid that's not my forte. Um why, what do you think people who are looking for a mentor, how would they go about it? I mean, you knew your person, right? So that was relatively easy. But how would someone say, 
they're starting a new business, right? Um, it could be any business and they feel they need pointing in the right direction. How do you find a mentor? Um, well, I think one of the best ways is through business networks that anyone belongs to. Um, the Canadian uh, federal government, as well as the local Ontario government, both have um, a business networks for um, like small businesses or small entrepreneurs, and they can actually uh, play a major role in helping you find uh, the perfect match for you. Um, I also think it helps if you um, kind of network and talk to people, uh, spread the word that you're looking for someone um, in your particular business area. Um, word of mouth is also a very good method, right? That's good. And I also feel that in some cases, not in all cases, a mentor can be for life, whether it's, say, for instance, the one you're working with at the moment you may change your focus once you've established that business so you may look for another mentor um it's it's really now another thing some mentors do give their time for free but some do charge i think that's fair don't you because it is quite hard work isn't it yes it is um um it is I, i do agree with that especially if um what you're asking for the mentor actually involves a lot of uh of a time commitment as well as uh, commitment in terms of their knowledge, etc. I also think one of the ways in you can mitigate that as someone looking for a mentor is to kind of like do the research yourself and you can kind of set up a goal for your mentorship journey. So for example, in my the mentorship relationship that I have with my mentor, um, what I will do is before our meetings, I will actually map out the things that I would like to discuss with the mentor and what I would like to leave the meeting with um, after uh, after we finished our meeting. Um, and then once we've wrapped up our meeting, I'll actually write a summary of the things that we discussed in our meeting. And then I'll uh, send out an, in, an invite in, on his calendar and I'll actually... Um, list the kind of agenda items that we're going to discuss in our me- next meeting. So it's a way of kind of mapping out what I'm expecting from the mentor, giving him some guidance as to what he can give me, and then making his, his life easier. It helps to organise him as well. You're amazing. So basically what you're doing, you're getting the best out of the mentoring session. You're putting the work in. You're making it a little bit less difficult for the mentor because sometimes if the client cannot express what kind of you know help they need, um, how how do you self mentor, Dennis? Um, I know we we discussed this briefly. So you're very much into that, aren't you? Yes, I came to this realization um, a few years back. Um, I should explain. Um, uh, I when I was doing my uh, PhD, my PhD believe it or not, was in creative writing and English. Very arty-farty, I know. Um, (laughs) But I I did this degree long distance while I held down a full-time teaching job in the Middle East. So what I would do is uh, the university that which offered it was in England, the University of Essex. So what I would do, I would fly out to England twice a year to meet with my supervisor 
And then the rest of the time, I was corresponding with my supervisor via email. And when I developed my dissertation, I quickly realized that I had better be all pretty organized and pretty disciplined about how I went about this degree. Otherwise, I just lose track. Um, one of the chapters in my, in my dissertation focused on this idea of mentorship. And it spoke about the typical relationship between an older, more experienced writer and a young developing writer. And I saw this um, as um, almost like a model for other areas uh, of uh, human activities, like particularly business. And one of the crucial factors I recognized was the responsibility on the part of the person who's receiving the mentorship to be their own kind of mentor, to basically um, work out what their goals are in developing their mentorship relationship with their mentor, what they hope to get from this relationship, and actually guiding the mentorship relationship themselves rather than playing a passive role in, you know, self-mentorship implies a, a degree of action, taking, taking charge, taking ownership of the mentorship program or the, the mentorship process, as it were. So that's basically what I mean by self-mentorship. So where in the, did you say Middle East? You were... I was in, uh, I, first of all, I was in Qatar and... Oh, sorry, I got it back back to front. I was about to say I was first of all in Qatar. I was actually first of all in the United Arab Emirates. And then afterwards, I was in Qatar. And I began my PhD while I was still teaching at, an, uh, at a university in, um, in the United Arab Emirates. And you, were, you were teaching there. That's amazing. So... Do you, were you teaching English, English language, or? I was uh, well. I was teaching English, but I was also teaching communication, and um, communication also um, literature as well. So, um, you, I quickly learned to be fairly flexible, <laughs> because a lot of times um, the university would ask me to teach different courses and I would just have to quickly make become an expert, instant experts on mass media, for example. I love it. I love it. That's how I started my first business, you know, Motivational Steps, because I kind of fell into it. Um, I'm not going to tell a story now, but basically my very first workshop in the first year, I'd never done a workshop in my life. And in those days, there wasn't really much social media around it, but they? So I went to the library and I put something together and I sounded really confident and they loved it. And I think, you know, without a mentor, which I had Dave, God love him, but I mean, you know, he's my husband and business partner, but he's techie, he's not like me. Sometimes we have to make it up, but a mentor um, really, really, really can help us in many, many ways. You have a wealth of experience, Dennis, with like different cultures, um, I guess, different methods of teaching, um, the mentorship that you're receiving yourself. So do you mentor anyone yourself? I would say at this stage, because I still teach part-time at the University of Waterloo, um, the people I mentor are my students. <laughs> um, generally, um, 
with the class as a whole. But um, once in a while, I will come across students who have the ambition to to write uh, on a professional basis. And so with these students, I will give extra guidance uh, and also extra encouragement, right? So yeah, in the, over the years, I, I would say I, I have developed a kind of mentoring relationship with some of my students. Um, and even after they've gone on to, you know, enter into, in, into their various careers, I've maintained my uh, correspondence with them. And um, um, I, one, of, uh, one of my teaching jobs was in Thailand, for, ex- for example. And I can recall um, about five years ago, uh, traveling to Thailand and meeting up with some of my former students, right? And I'm still in contact with them. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Well, you are uh, a globetrotter. Quick question, and we've got to be quick because, you know, I know you've got a busy night and, and you've got to get on with your work, but basically what is the difference between a mentor and a teacher? Well, I think with a teacher there's the assumption that the the person who's the pupil or the student um, is in much more need of guidance. Um, maybe they, they're not familiar with, say, a particular branch of knowledge or they're not familiar with a range of skills which they have to master. Whereas I think with a mentee, someone who's being mentored, there is already a degree of kind of um, a degree of experience or a certain degree of understanding of what their goal is or what their purpose is. And there's also a sense of kind of um, self kind of a a certain sense of agency on the part of the the person being mentored in the sense that they have approached the mentor themselves. They're not in a classroom setting. They've approached the mentor themselves. They sought out this particular person who, because of their experience, because of their expertise in a particular field, this person who's going to be mentored believes that they can receive something valuable from this person. That's a good way to explain it. And also, I mean, in my own simple way, the way I put it is a teacher normally has to teach more than one, you know, they've got more than one student unless they're having one-on-one lessons. And they have a certain way for the whole class or all of the students, whereas you say, you know, if you were mentoring me, I'd give you an idea of what kind of things I'd want to do and, and where I'd want to go like you have. So there's a little bit more choice, I think. I mean, I, you know, obviously I'll be wrong. I think it's an excellent um, an excellent discussion. And so for our listeners, Dennis, um, what last words of wisdom would you like to leave with someone who is thinking about, you know, either becoming a mentor or, or looking to get someone to mentor them? Well, I th- I still think that the idea of um, receiving mentorship or even perhaps giving mentorship is kind of uh, very much undervalued within business, right? And uh, um, if I could leave people with an idea, I would just leave people with the idea expressed by Richard Branson. He says that um, one reason why uh, many people avoid considering mentorship is because of uh, this fear of being seen as weak. It's not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength 
and the willingness to be open to growth and development. And so that's how I would like people to see mentorship. Uh, you know, I've never thought that anybody would even have that idea because they are reaching out. So maybe it holds some people back. I love Richard Branson, as you know, he's one of my favourite people. Um, so I think that's an excellent way to leave this conversation. And I know that you've already come up with some wonderful ideas for our next topics, but we're going to keep our listeners in suspense. We don't want to spoil the fun. So sorry to leave you, Dennis, but um, it's good night from me. Good night from me, Linda. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening. Check us out at www.nextgenbusinesspodcast.com.